All right, call them in the order. Okay, welcome to the Queen Anne's County Commissioner's meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, QAC-TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public sessions. In addition to our live audience this evening, we are providing remote options for citizens to watch and participate in county commissioner meetings. Citizens may watch our meeting live on our Queen Anne's County website at www.qac.org live or on QAC TV's television channel, Atlantic Broadband Channel 7 and High Definition Channel 507. Citizens may also participate by joining the live Zoom meeting by going to www.qac.org slash public comment and citizens may also email comments to public comment at qac.org. Comments received will be read during the press and public comment period on this evening's agenda. We acknowledge your participation and by attending you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. Press and public comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you care to speak, please sign the sheet on the information table just outside of our meeting room in the lobby. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing for the commissioner's review. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by President Chris Corcorino. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Please remain standing for a moment uh, for all of our service members serving abroad. Thank you. Okay, we just held a closed session to discuss uh, under Section 3-305B1 of the General Provisions Article to discuss boards and commissions, and I believe we... Um, reach consensus on the formation of a new committee to look at the Board of Education Central Office. So, all right, so let me read this one then. I move to establish a seven member citizen committee from community representatives within the fields associated with education, engineering, financial planning, government, and local alumni to evaluate the condition of the existing Board of Education Central Office and provide a summary of recommendations for alternative uses and or dispositions of the building. And um, I'm going to propose or move to nominate the following members. Um, Janet Pauls, Patrick Hager, Bill Stoops, Bill Sharp, Paul Gunther, Kara Voigt, <coughs> and Mike Whitehill. Second. Okay, motion and second. Any discussion on that? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Yeah. Three, four, one opposed, one absent. All right, thank you, commissioners. And I'll just mention that uh, our commissioner, Phil Dumanel, is um, out this week on vacation. Okay. On assignment. On assignment, that's right. Excellent. So we wish him well. He might be, hopefully, hopefully he's zoomed in on us uh, just to keep caught up on all the business at hand. Okay, that brings uh, to, uh, yeah, put it to the, to the uh, this evening's agenda. So the agenda for today's meeting, August 10th, and the regular and closed session minutes from your July 27th meeting, along with the Rhodes Board, minutes from your July 13th meeting have been circulated for review. Do we have any additions and or corrections? Motion to accept as submitted. Second. 
All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Four in favor and one absent. Okay, thank you, commissioners. And that brings us to our first press and public comment period. Thank you for taking the time to express your views to the county commissioners during this public comment period. Comments are limited to three minutes per person. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing. When you come forward, please speak clearly at the standing microphone. State your name and address in your topic of interest. Keeping with the dignity of our office, we ask that all views be expressed in a respectful and civil manner. This commission respects your desire and right to convey your message freely. And we ask as a courtesy to the board and our citizens that you respect the commissioner's request and refrain from naming any citizens and name calling when offering any critique. All right, Troy Alexander. Thank you, commissioners. Um, my name is Troy Alexander. I live 2513 Millington Road in Millington in Queen Anne's County. Um, I've lived there for approximately 45 years. My father built the house in 69 and I purchased it from my mother in 2000. Um, it has come to my attention that um, uh, the 609 Glanding Road property, which is the current home of the Millington Sportsman's Association, has been is trying to be obtained by um, Schrader's Outdoor for the use of their outdoor uh, shooting facility that they have in Henderson right now. Um, based on their uh, kind of their current use and their, their time of operation, um, I would like the commissioners to consider a noise ordinance for that location in Millington. Um, I've lived there since the Millington Sportsman's Association was there and it has, the noise is, is annoying to say the least of the, of the, the shotguns. And I'm, I'm pro 2A gun owner, licensed gun owner, so it's not that I'm anti-gun, but it's just the, the noise of the shotguns is annoying. And there's going to be, if this goes through, there's gonna be a lot more noise than what we currently have. Um, and with that said, there's, there's a lot of residents within my area. So that's gonna be the residents that could be affected by this. So thank you, commissioners. Thank you. Glenn Pyle. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, my name's Glenn Pyle. I live at 124 Little Glanding Road in Mellington, and my property butts right up to the gun club. Uh, it's, like Mr. Alexander said, it's annoying, but we've learned to live with it since 1992 because they usually only shoot on weekends. Now, I understand that this new proposal, if this gentleman gets his property, he wants to shoot rifles and pistols and shotguns seven days a week. Uh, I don't want that, not in my backyard, you know. So um, that's my gripe, and I would appreciate it if you gentlemen would look at putting into effect a news, uh, noise ordinance to try to take care of these problems. Now, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. That's all we have on the list. <clears throat> Does anybody else want to speak? All right, then we'll close the press bill of comments. All right, commissioners, uh, tonight we have uh, our Department of Public Works, and they are next on our agenda. So if you want to turn to uh, tab number two, and um, first up, we have two items for the administration engineering group. And uh, we have Director of Public Works, Alan Quimby, and Chief Engineer, Lee Edgar. So 
Item number one on page one under tab two is um, a letter to support a uh, letter of interest to support a grant potentially for the Cloverfields community. So I'll turn it over to uh, Alan and Lee to present that. Or do you want to make a motion first? Yeah, uh, I move to sign the letter requesting assistance under the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Continuing Authorities Program. Second. Okay. Ah, thank you, Commissioners. Uh, good evening. Uh, as you have before you is a letter requesting assistance from the Army Corps of Engineers. Uh, they have a continuing authorities program, which consists of eight different authorities assigned by the federal government where they have oversight over certain things, one of which stems from the 1948 Flood Control Act, which gives the Corps of Engineers the authority to study, design, and construct flood control uh, measures within areas that are the, under the jurisdiction of the Corps. Because Cox Creek and up to a certain point and going through the Cloverfields community is tidally influenced, there's a good chance that the Corps of Engineers would consider this under their jurisdiction and therefore eligible for potential federal assistance and review in looking, studying Cloverfields, some of the situations there, and coming up with some potential remedies <coughs> and perhaps even funding some mitigation measures. Uh, this is something that, as you know, Public Works has been working with uh, Commissioner Corcorino and, and staff looking at different things we can do. This opportunity became available. We have spoken with staff from the Corps of Engineers and they believe that this is a good candidate for study. So they recommended that we have you uh, submit a letter of interest. If this project is accepted, then what the Corps will do is it will perform a study. And very early on in the study, it will come up with a cost estimate on what they think the study will cost. So we will know very early on what that cost is. The Corps will fund everything up to $100,000. Any cost above $100,000 would then be split with Queen Anne's County, and the county's share could be in the form of in-kind support. So this is a good opportunity to have the Corps of Engineers look at perhaps studying this, which would provide us very beneficial insight into what some mitigation options might be for the Cloverfields community, uh, for good or bad, whatever it may be. And uh, potentially, if they select us and they do the study, they may actually have funding and the ability to come in and make some changes as well. So that's what this letter is. It doesn't commit us to anything at this point, but if they do accept us, they would uh, early on give us a cost estimate, and then we could decide from there whether to proceed further. So they're going to study the cost to study the cost? I mean, when they come in, they're going to do the study mm -hmm. and then give us a cost as on mitigation efforts, right? Both. So early on in the study, they'll come in and within, they say early, so I would, within a, a few months, I guess, they would get a rough sense of what the study itself will cost. So it's a study for the study? It's a study for a study. So is the expense over a hundred on the study or on the on the actual mitigation? The the expense study. will be on the study. So if this yeah. study, yeah. and this is not the, the the study as a whole. If the study as a whole exceeds a hundred thousand dollars, 
anything above that, the county would share in the cost. The point being, we don't know what it's going to be. They will early on determine roughly how much the study might cost, so we know whether to continue proceeding with the study or not. So in your, both your gentlemen's considered opinion, is this, what, are there things that could be performed? Or are we studying the impossible? What, what's, what's your sense of the, of the uh, feasibility of something absolutely helpful, help, you know, coming to be? I don't see a solution without getting some cooperation from upstream landowners to contain the flow coming down, which either outright buying or an easement. You've got to slow the water from getting into the neighborhood. And you can't make it leave the neighborhood any faster. That's completely up to Cox Creek. But you know, I think they could give some very good information that we might be able to use. Yeah, we don't use, we don't have any, like I know in Western Shore, they uh, use stormwater pumping stations to pump it too high. We don't have anything like, is that ever anything that they could look at over here in some of these low-lying areas where there is issues to get the water away? I'd be surprised, mainly because then you're creating a point discharge and you'd have permits associated discharge, with that point. Discharge permits like you'd have on the affluent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will say this has been a long-standing problem for the community down there, the folks at Public Works, and it's it's been uh, um, we've looked at it, we've studied it. And there's really no good solutions except, you know, Mr. Quimby mentioned that you know upstream landowners, if we can you know slow that down some, but certainly this is an opportunity for us to get some additional evaluation of that area to come up with solutions. And this is one of several different things that DPW has been looking at to try to figure out ways to mitigate the issues that Cloverfield is. Uh, so if, if we don't get this grant, it doesn't mean that this is the end of the road. There are many other things that are being explored. This is just one, you know, one piece of that puzzle to try to get some funding. And as we told uh, the people who live in Cloverfields, you know, the scope of this project is something bigger than the county can do on its own. So we need state and federal funding to make this work. Correct. Okay, any other Comments, questions? Nope. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Four in favor. Thank you. Right. Thank you, Commissioners. Uh, the next item for Public Works is uh, item number two on page four, and this is a Delmarva agreement to provide some electric vehicle charging stations at three of our facilities. So can I get a motion on that, please? I move that right away agreements with Delmarva Power and Light Company for the installation of electric vehicle charging station facilities be signed. Second. So do these work on, I mean, this charging stations, is it just on any electric car would it work on, or do they, do they have different uh, connections depending on the electric car? Do we know? I have no idea, but I got to imagine they're standardized. The connection's standard, but they're the standard. charging times are different. You get yeah. um, you get fast mm -hmm. chargers versus slow chargers, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Very much similar to the last proposal before you. This is it's a good opportunity. Delmarva Power would fully cover the cost and installation of these facilities. The county is simply providing the location to do it, and we've got. Um, proposing three charging stations at the Ken Island Library, which would be right by the trailhead there, uh, one at the health department, and one at the county office building or the Vincent building. 
So if somebody comes and plugs in, does do they pay for that, or who pays for it? Yes, they would. They would pay for it. They would pay a a fee, which changes from time to time. That goes to Delmarva Power. So Delmarva Power is assuming the full cost of the charging stations, right. the installation of those stations, and the ongoing maintenance and implementation of those uh, stations. How do they bill it anyway? I mean, after you plug in, how do they know who's who? It's my understanding that uh, those folks who have a have a electric car, they get an account and they get a little charging. card or something, an app on your phone, okay. and you you swipe the the charging station, and it will then charge you electronically. Good. I just figured they were putting them in so that people driving electric cars in the traffic have places to stop off and charge with some of these four-mile backups. We see on the <laughs> run out of power. <laughs> run out of power and become another incident on the road for us to deal with. All right. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Four zero. Or yep. Four in favor. One not here. You know. Are they getting money for this? Delmarva's not usually doing free stuff, so is there some kind of federal push to get these things? I'm oh, sure. I was probably say, have to do so yeah. much towards renewable. Well, yeah, I'm just not yeah. buying there. Out of the goodness of their hearts, they're putting these in free. And <laughs> You're so jaded. <laughs> <laughs> my, my cynicism is just horrible. <laughs> It'll be a nice addition for our libraries and our, and our buildings, though. opportunities for folks to charge up. We have a couple stations here and here at the Liberty Building as well, so... All right, uh, commissioners, our next item is uh, for the roads board, I believe. So can we convene as the roads board? Motion to convene as the roads board. Second. All right. And we have roads engineer Shane Moore, and he's going to give us an update on the FY22 resurfacing program. Thanks, Todd. Good evening, commissioners. Um, this is a brief overview of our program this year. Um, I believe it was about two months ago, the commissioners asked to come, uh, for us to come back and present this. Um, we have basically three contracts. Uh, one is the hot mix asphalt with Bramble. Uh, we're doing about approximately seven miles this year. We've already uh, started in July and had several roads completed. Our tar and chip program this year will be American Paving. Um, we will not be doing any in-house tar and chip work ourselves this year. And that's about, 40, about 46 miles. We hope to begin that late August, early September. And our slurry contract with slurry pavers, uh, we have about 10 miles. But we will not start that until next spring, early summer, before we can get to that one. Um, included in this is a uh, list of all roads that we'll be overlaying or resurfacing um, and broken down by section, miles, and width for your information. Questions? Yeah, question. Sure. Mr. Moore. So, my understanding was that Torn Chip was supposed to last five years, and I got to say, out on Spaniard Neck, what was done, I think, three years ago. There's an awful lot of tar coming up uh, already. So the question is here, we've got a total of 45 or 50 miles, which we have, what, 500 miles of tar and chip, something like that? Uh, probably less than 500 miles of tar and chip now. We had 562 miles of roadway. Right, I understand, but it was, I understood 70 of that was asphalt and the rest tar and chip, so tar and chip was pretty near five. Am I wrong? It's a little less than 500, but it's in that neighborhood, okay. yes. But if we did it on a five-year basis, 20% of 500 miles would be 100 miles. We're doing 50. Are we keeping up? Uh, well, the way I would look at it is we are not tarring chipping as much right now because we want to overlay some roads that are desperately need overlaying. And that's, that's where all the money goes. That's the big cost, mm. overlaying. And we have to do that. And that's much more expensive if we don't overlay and take care of them no, now. No, I'm not arguing 
So yes, we would be, some roads would be sliding back. We can get five to seven years out of tar and chip, typically, yeah. on, a, on a back road or a residential road that doesn't have a lot of traffic. Um, I just hate some to of see our more, when you get these big tar slicks in winter and they get wet. It's, yeah. this We've seen that more on the, uh, we had it a lot on um, Greenville Road, for instance. Yeah. We eventually had to pave that road. If we tar and chip a road and we're having to do it more than every five years, we'll start looking into paving it if we have to. All right. <laughs> so, according to your breakdown here, how much are we paying for each one of these items? Um, I don't have a cost broke down here. I can certainly provide that for you if you'd like. If you don't mind, yeah. Sure. Thanks. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Any other questions on that? And while, while Shane's here, uh, I know we had a uh, public informational meeting uh, on a Maryland Avenue, was it Maryland? Worcester, Worcester Road uh, down at Kent Island Estates, and we're trying to get a, uh, a public hearing scheduled. Um, I think Shane's going to come back at the next meeting with some information about the petition on that. So we're looking at early October. So they want to have the hearing down at the community hall at Kent Island Estates next to the Station 9 firehouse. So. Um, so we'll be getting some dates out for the commissioners. We'll need a quorum at least to have that public hearing down there if that's agreeable to the board. Mm -hmm. Is that the first road in Kent Island Estates being turned over to the county to upgrade the road? Uh, since 2005. Since 2005. Baltimore was the last one, started right. in 2005, okay. finished in about 08. So yes, it'll be the first one. Did you have any, you don't have any dates yet for the? For we are looking hearing. at October 13th and 14th and the 20th and 21st. The second and third week of October, right. a Wednesday and Thursday night as available dates. Okay, so we'll, we'll circulate, we'll circulate those. BMC. BMC, okay. We'll make sure it's agreeable to the, to the board, but we'll, we'll come back and get some dates for you. I know it's been trying to get that coordinated with the Homeowners Association folks and everybody's been a bit of a, a challenge for us, but we'll get there. Okay, that's all we had for Roads Board. Unless there's any other questions from the commissioners for uh, Roads yep. Board? Shane? No. All right. Uh, we can move on to Sanitary Commission. So if we want to convene as a Sanitary Commission. Motion to convene as Sanitary. Second. All right. Okay, and then we have um, item number four on page 21. This is a request for water and sewer allocation for the Botel restaurant. Can I get a motion on that, please? I move to grant 1,796 GPD of water and sewer allocation at Botel restaurant LLC for its proposed 5,531 square foot at a cost of 102,766 for which a 10% non-refundable deposit will be required within 30 calendar days. Second. Got a motion, a second, any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed or in favor? Thank you, commissioners. Item five on page 22 is a, a, an additional request for water and sewer allocation. This is for the Living Waters subdivision, which is 11 lots adjacent to Bay City. Can I get a motion on that, please? Excuse me, 10 lots and one existing house. I move that we grant 2,750 gallons per day of water and sewer allocation to Landbridge LLC for its proposed 10 lot subdivision as well as the connection of an existing home at a cost of $157,850 for which a 10% deposit will be required within 30 calendar days. 
So, Alan, is this on our second? Second. second. Oh, I'm sorry. Got a motion to second? Yeah, second. Commissioner Wilson, go ahead. Go. Yeah, uh, is this on our queue of allocated things, or is this a fresh? Well, it's certainly not fresh because it's uh, been around since 2004, and I'm tired of looking at it personally. But uh, no, it's not on our list for our Schedule A list. So this is another one of those allocations out of nowhere. Well, this has been around a long time, but um, yes. Well, with that being said, Alan, why don't you briefly tell the public how you get allocation? What's the process and where do you have to be in the process before you can apply for allocation? For subdivision, you should get it before preliminary approval. This, like I said, this project has been around forever. And uh, why they didn't get it before now is beyond me. They, Definitely this is the one they were arguing about the entrance to the yeah and, uh, and the subject of a numerous arguments right. over the years right um but frankly they should have gotten their allocation years ago uh, but they never did mm -hmm. but again i guess that, that really doesn't I, I guess what i'm asking you is where are they in the process do you know they're ready to go to final subdivision, but so we held them up because they didn't get their allocation yet. So right now they're going for preliminary uh, Thursday, uh -huh. because it's, but they wanted to go to right to final, but they didn't have their allocation. They've been told that for months, and they finally followed through. And the allocation you have right now, which is already allocated to certain projects that you know of, or how many homes, or whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. there are still some left for when these come across your desk? There's really no reservation. Well, we really don't have a policy yet. There's really no reservation remaining for residential. There is some reservation remaining for commercial. Correct. But if there's no, res I guess, you, I guess we're, we're getting confused about it. Is if there's no, res you know, so we haven't adopted a policy to say no yet. But but are you saying you're we're approving this and you don't have the allocation? I think it's within the margin of error, so I'm not concerned that we're going to okay. violate our permit. Okay. But we're getting very close to the point where I'm starting to get concerned. Okay. So are you saying we should draft a... I think the public needs to be put on notice that it's not unlimited capacity left, or that in fact that it's very limited left, because my fear is somebody who doesn't do their due diligence goes out and buys a 30-acre property in the sewer service area, thinking that it could be served, and it can't. I get calls maybe once, at least once a month from somebody looking to buy a big piece of property and I hem in and haul because I can't really say no, but I feel I'd be dishonest to say, yeah, go ahead and buy the property, and, but you, there's no way you're going to put up your 150 houses. But, I mean, well, I guess what's, what's wrong with telling them that? I mean, to me, I don't have the authority to tell them that. I mean, Excuse that's me? What do we have to do to establish that authority? We're having we're having those discussions right now with uh, the technical advisory committee, and there's going to be a, dis a discussion, a presentation with the planning commission on Thursday to talk about the capacity constraints at the uh, the wastewater plant. So it's a very challenging issue for us, uh, and involves land use and uh, providing adequate you know sewerage facilities for you know potential customers in our water and sewer service area. So we're working through that that dialogue now and one of the recommendations is to create a capacity management plan or update resolution of 468 which kind of guides um, all of us as to how that allocation which is limited going forward should be uh, um, managed. What's unusual is it's not a situation you can buy your way out of. But 20 years ago you'd say okay let's build another plant but now it's all down to pounds of nitrogen. You've got to find some nitrogen if you want to expand. 
You, where do you find it? What, you got to find nitrogen. How are we? What are we finding? Credits. Oh, credits. 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 credits yeah. Basically. I got you. Well, that's uh, a whole other issue. By you know, by nutrient trading is the state's answer, but it's very. But they've never really established how that even works, right? Well, they've tried to, but it does not work. Yeah. Yeah. That was all tied in with the whip and everything else, and they've never really got all that. The target numbers and everything have never been established for a lot of that stuff, right? As far as the whip goes. It works if on a short-term basis, short-term basis, or if you have a small problem. But I, no one's really been in a situation where, hey, you know, I need to buy 12,000 pounds of nitrogen a year forever. Right. Because you know, obviously, if you sell it to somebody, it's it's forever. You yeah. know, if you sell somebody capacity, it's forever. You're not going to be able to give it back. With this new allocation, does it make sense to wait for the findings of our commission or whatever it is that's looking at it? Well, I think Alan's comfortable at this point in yeah, time, you know, authorizing this this particular sale. I mean, the comprehensive plan, they're going to be providing um, an overarching plan which will filter down to the water and sewer plan, and, and then we will be developing more comprehensive, specific policy parameters to manage the you know the capacity going forward but the, the comp plan is more of a, a visionary statement and a strategic um, level planning effort to to better manage the capacity over the next 10 year 10 year planning period right and just so i'm trying to break down so people who are watching understand the housing that people see being built currently on ken island had sewer allocation from a long time ago. Correct. There's only a limited amount of sewer allocation that's out there. So if somebody was to come to Ken Island and say, I want to build, I want to buy 100 acres and put in a subdivision with 200 some homes, the answer would be no, because there's no sewer capacity. You can't do that. Well, a good example was the last item, Perry's Retreat, 156 homes. If they were to come in, well, I was standing before you today saying, these guys, people want 39,000 gallons of allocation, my recommendation to you would be say no. Right. Again, this was one that's been that was twenty fifteen. Right. So the ones that people are seeing now, these are allocations that were obtained a long time ago. Have been bought and continue to be paid for to use. Right. I think a lot of people back home don't understand that when you're seeing, when you see some neighborhood being built, it's not like this neighborhood came before planning and zoning a month ago and you know got sort of some streamlined. These these are years and years and years in the process, and so that process now brings us to where we are now, where we're we're abutting against what we have for available allocation. This is a very small number of homes, so it's, you feel that that fits within it, but it's not Certainly within the margin of error. I mean, my, my metric is if, we, if I show on paper that we're over air capacity by 5%, that's when I get very uncomfortable. But we know it's conservative on paper. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be conservative on paper. We made it that way, but. How do you, well, how do you monitor capacity? Well, you, the, only, the only true number is what goes through the plant. That's the no, only that's absolute saying, Do you have a way to monitor the gallons that go through the plant? Oh, hell yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> so where are we compared to what you've got that you know is running to it, and ver that's actually running to it? I mean, you're, you're flowing just shy of 2.4 million gallons a day out of 3 million. And on paper, we, if every allocation we had on paper flows at what we say is going to flow at paper, we'd be flowing, well, uh, like 3.1 million. Okay. So, so, but right now, right now we're flowing way on, 
under capacity, but with what the Schedule A compares yeah. actual flow to right. what's in the hopper. Pretty much committed for. air capacity. Right. right. Capacity is committed. Doesn't that raise the question of you're turning down a, a you know, ten house deal, but suppose five people showed up in a month with ten house deals. Yeah. Where the hell are? What's the difference? That's a good question. Isn't it? Well, we do have a set aside for commercial that. You had about 50 some thousand set aside for commercial. Touch those. So. Well, you do touch okay. it. You just gave some to the hotel, but it's a wash, so it doesn't make it any. That's commercial, commercial though. That's, yeah, commercial. Commercial is that's for commercial use, so. Uh -huh. yeah. Designated for. Commercial no, I understand, use. but this is red. I I, I don't yeah. disagree. Yeah. Well, I think we need just whatever committee's looking at this to expedite their findings and get them to us as soon as possible. Okay. My suggestion to anybody coming in right now that wants sewer allocation is you may want to hold off. Cause I, mm -hmm. You may not get it. My, my vote will not be there until I see the recommendations from the committee. So. Yeah. All right. Any discussion? All right. So we have a motion to grant 2,750 gallons per day of water and sewer allocation to Landbridge LLC for its proposed 10 lot subdivision as well as a connection of existing home at a cost of $157,850 for which a 10% deposit will be required within 30 calendar days. It was seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Three in favor, one opposed, one absent. All right, thank you, commissioners. Item number, what is that, five? Six. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, six. Six on page 23 is a public works agreement for the Crab Deck restaurant for water allocation. So can I get a motion on that, please? I move to execute public works agreement with Schultz Associates LLC to allow them to connect the existing restaurant complex to public water. Second. Got a motion and a second. Any discussion? Okay, so now, Alan, explain the difference between water and sewer. One's clear and the other one's not. <laughs> that was phenomenal. You just can't beat that. That's it. Um, it's the lesson for the day. In, in terms of allocations and things and how they work, um, um, the sewer has a capacity in terms of what it can do. Uh, water does too, but that's something you currently can build your way out of. Um, Ten years ago, we were completely flip-flopped. We had plenty of sewer allocation. Our water was pretty well stressed, but um, we've turned things around. Um, there's no... The K-Hub Tower obviously had to help. And, well, and K-Hub is building us a huge water treatment plant, too, and which, site which will allow us to shut down some smaller plants, which will be add to our efficiencies. Um, like I said, it's been a complete reversal from where we were 10 years ago. All right, any other questions, discussion? All those in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed? 4-0, motion passes. Four in favor, motion passes. All right, commissioners, uh, item number seven on page 26, and this is the uh, Perry's Retreat Subdivision Public Works Agreement. Uh, can I get a motion on that, please? Uh, we've already given this. I move to execute the Public Works Agreement with TOR Perry's LLC to allow them to construct a 156-lot residential subdivision. Second. 
Got a motion and a second. Any discussion? This is one of the ones that Commissioner Corcorino was talking about. It's been around forever, and they finally moved forward. What, four different owners, and it's a project that's been there forever. The allocation's been there forever, so we're not granting new allocation at this point. That is correct. Okay. All right, all in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Four in favor, motion passes. Okay, that's all we have for the Department of Public Works, I believe, this evening. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We can move on to our action items for this evening. We want to turn to tab number three. First up, we have a proclamation, character counts, respect. Have one of the commissioners uh, recite that. Uh-oh. I can if you're still out here. I think Margie has it there. Yeah. I'll read off. No, we don't. No, let's get it back. All right. I'll take this one. It's nice and short. Whereas, oh, character counts, pillar of the month, respect, 2133. Uh, whereas, Queen Anne's County was declared a character counts community, and all citizens have been called upon to embrace the six pillars of character to incorporate and model them in their daily activities. And whereas, during the month of August, we celebrate holidays like Respect for Parents Day, Family Fun Month, and American Family Day. May we also celebrate and respect the many achievements and contributions made by the actions and dedication of the families, relatives, and guardians residing in Queen Anne's County. And whereas, may we remember to honor and respect all the extraordinary parents, guardians, relatives, and teachers who contribute to the care, education, mentoring, coaching, and well-being of our children in Queen Anne's County, and the endless kind acts of those parents, guardians, relatives, and teachers who make their decisions based on the best interest of a child. And whereas, as we celebrate respect, may all citizens remember to practice the important values of respect, regardless of the color of one's skin, and to always follow respect's golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. And now, therefore, we, the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County, do hereby proclaim August 2021 a time to recognize the Character Counts Pillar of the Month to be respect to protect and serve everyone who resides, works, or visits Queen Anne's County without discrimination and its belief in the dignity, equity, and civil rights of all people signed your Queen Anne's County Commissioners. Thank you. All right, great. Thank you, Commissioner Wilson. That was great. All right, item number two in your book is a modification to the online sales telework agreement, and this is a modification to our existing grant agreement from the State Department of Commerce that grants us additional funds in the amount of $49,915 for this program, which is being managed by our Economic and Development Communities, uh, our Economic Development Tourism Director, Heather Tonelli, and her team. So, can I get a motion on that, please? Thank you, sir. I move to sign the modification to the online sales telework agreement. Thank you, bro. Second. Got a motion and second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Four in favor. The motion carries. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Item number three on page 10 is a the semi-annual progress report for the Mattapeak Industrial Park CDBG grant. And I will report we've got some additional new jobs coming in on this um, project. So could I get a motion here on that? 
I move to approve and sign the semi-annual progress report as presented for the Community Development Block Grant Number MD11 EB70 regarding Mattapete Industrial Park, which covers the time period of January 1, 2021 through June 30, 2021. Second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Four in favor, motion passes. And Todd, we're going to defer number four. Yes, we're going to defer number four for two weeks. That was an annual certification statement for the Board of Education, so we have some research to do on that one. So item number five on page 24 is the uh, Maryland DNR Conservation Res Reserve Enhancement Program Easement. And this is between uh, uh, Department of Natural Resources and Queen Anne's County for our CREP easements. And this letter outlines each agency's roles and responsibilities regarding these easements. And I think uh, Ms. Don Landis-Smith is here if you have any questions. So can I get a motion on that? I move to sign a Conservation Reserve Enhancement Program easement agreement between DNR and Queen Anne's County. Second. Got a motion and second. Any discussion? All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Staying? Steve. 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 Four or against? No. I'm Before. Four. Okay. Yeah. 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 Four, four in favor. Motion carries. <laughs> Thank you, Donna. Thanks, Donna. All right, thank you, commissioners. Item number six on page 31 is our Upper Shore Regional Council uh, annual dues contribution for fiscal 22. Uh, I move to approve and pay the 12,000 for contribution to the Upper Shore Regional Council operating budget for FY 2022. Second. Motion and a second. Any discussion? All in favor? Four years ago, I would have been hesitant to make that motion, but the Upper Shore Regional Council has really long way. turned at the tide in the yeah. last couple of years. It's been great. Sure. Yeah. So mm -hmm. We can thank our new liaison here in the county from the Upper Shore Regional Council. So, all in. All right. All in favor say aye. Uh, aye. Any opposed? Four votes. Motion carries. Okay, Commissioners, thank you very much. Um, item number seven is our Clean Chesapeake Coalition Fiscal 22 uh, annual contribution to. Um, to that group. I move to approve and pay the $17,000 for contribution to the Clean Chesapeake Coalition for fiscal 2022. Second. All right, got a motion, a second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Four in favor, the motion carries. All right, thank you, commissioners. And our final item is item number eight, budget amendment CC3, micro ag grant. And this is for a grant we received from the Upper Shore Regional Council in the amount of $14,000, covers our dues. And uh, we match that with $14,000. And this is also being administered from uh, uh, Heather Tonelli's office. So can I get a motion on that, please? I move to approve budget amendment CC3. Second. Motion and a second. Any discussion? And so what? So we're, this is a matching grant? So it's 28 total? Is that what it is? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? Four in favor, the motion carries. All right, thank you, commissioners. And that's all we had for action items. I did want to just call out one, one item in the information section of the book, tab four, item number one. And this is uh, relates to House Bill 12, Senate Bill 205, uh, the sunsetting of the uh, two go cup and deliverables from our um, uh, restaurants here in the county. As you know, Governor Hogan uh, authorized 
alcoholic beverages uh, to be sold and delivered off premises in sealed containers through 2023 of June. And our liquor board um, is going to have a hearing on that, whether they want to extend that here in Queen Anne's County. And that hearing is on September the 7th um, at the Vincette building. And they were just looking for any feedback from the board of commissioners. Um, it's really their decision to make adjustments and set rules for this, but um, they were just, they wanted to get any input from the commissioners and also allow for other interested parties to provide comments, so. I think they want uh, direction from the commissioners as far as what we think. You know, do, you know I think that it's only fair and I'm, I'm for discontinuing it. Uh, I don't think it really makes a difference uh, business-wise because I don't know anybody it's buying a drink and walking out the door these days because it's wide open. So uh, I'm for I'm for uh, terminating that. So I don't know if you guys I don't know if we need to make a motion or if we just need a, the general consensus or nothing at all. But that's my two cents. Yeah, I think during the pandemic, it did offer mm -hmm. the restaurants uh, another source of revenue. Um, but I don't know that it's. A huge one anymore for them so um, I'd, I'd be curious to hear from the restaurant like this thing the liquor board and give their view on it but uh, I don't have this strong desire that we have to keep it I'd be happy to make I move that we terminate that stipulation I'll second that well, be, it's, uh, it's it not our be terminated. No, yeah, no. We're, if, if you want asking for direction, I'm yeah. happy to provide it. Yeah, if you want to give them direction to say let's we, we believe it should be terminated, um, that's fine. That way, yeah. it isn't just comments; it's a right. vote. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure at the hearing they may get other comments from other folks, other stakeholders that may mm -hmm. feel differently or maybe not. I don't know. So, okay. Let's get a motion, a second. All in favor? Uh, Aye. Opposed? Abstain? Uh, yeah, because I just, I'm, it's too quick to think about. I'm not, I don't, right, yeah, I don't that's really fair. have a, yeah, I'm going to abstain on that. <laughs> we got three in favor, one so abstain, I'm, one absent. On both sides, and I'd like that. Okay. And, and our, I mean, our recommendation here is not binding on the liquor board. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm inclined to go with that. Staggering that car with yeah. a drink I'd like to hear the, <laughs> if there is an economic impact. Well, it is. No, I, and I think the board should listen to that. Take, take all that door. consideration. I'm not yeah. going to leave that cup un untethered yeah. as they go down the road. Okay, that's all the action items we had tonight, uh, commissioners. So um, we can move into presentations, and we're just a little behind schedule, but I'd like to call up um, Linda Friday, the president of our Chamber of Commerce, and uh, she's got some guests here, Warren Wright, Drug-Free Coalition, Queen Anne's County Goes Purple, and I got my flag from last time, so come on up. We're excited about the month ahead. Welcome. Thank you. Brought all my friends with me today. Uh-huh. So, um, First of all, I'd like to introduce myself, Linda Friday. I'm with the Queen Anne's County Chamber, and Tracy, she's with the Chamber. Warren is Warren White Wright, and Kathy Wright's in the back. Um, they actually are the chair and the vice chair of our Drug-Free Coalition. Um, they've done a, a fabulous job um, of running the coalition. We meet every other month, and uh, Warren keeps us uh, organized and, and keeps us moving. Uh, there's a lot of things that we have that we're working on. Uh, as you all know from the last meeting, we do have the 
uh, QAC Goes Purple, which this is our fourth year of hosting this. It's going to be on uh, September 1st. But one of the exciting things, not that it's an exciting topic, but it's we've been able to pull this off, is um, we are actually going to move it to the town of Centerville. Um, it's going to be in our courtyard out here um, in Centerville, so we're very, very excited about that. Uh, that we've been able to make that happen. It normally happens on Ken Island at the Volunteer Fire Department, and we just felt like we wanted to move it to the to where our county seat is. So we um, have been working hard on that. Um, we so it's going to be September the first from 7:30 to 9 in the town square, um, right out right right outside your building here, um, and we will be um, we'll have a, an actual ceremony with a visual. Um, Unfortunately, we do have people that have lost their lives through addiction, so we will um, we will uh, do a, a visual in memory of those people. Uh, we are asking the, the public to come out. It's free, open to the public. We have lots of giveaways uh, for the people. We also have invited um, our partners, um, and our partners are um, the health department and people that offer resources. So those are the people that we have asked um, to join us, which they do anyway uh, every other month, but we've asked them to come out and um, you know and, and and support us too. So uh, we're very excited about that. Um, Jack has offered to um, DJ for us uh, during that time, and uh, so we're excited. And I will tell you that um, the town and government employees have been very very helpful. I can't say enough about the county employees. I can't say enough about our commissioners uh, that have really stepped up and supported us, the health department, um, the town. Uh, so we've kind of uh, embraced everybody. Uh, Tracy and I have been out visiting uh, lots of people just to kind of bring it all together. Um, tonight we're going to be here until um, later, probably about 8.30, where we are going to light up the town um, courtyard just to see what it's going to look like the night of the event. So if you have nothing to do and you want to hang around, we'd love to have you. Um, Warren actually has been working over at the fair, poor thing, uh, in the heat um, for the Drug Free Coalition. So Warren, uh, he didn't look like he was working too hard yesterday. Yeah, I saw him yesterday. We, we, we yeah, drove by. He looked distracted, and <laughs> you know, it was like ten to eight, and I was <laughs> going to stay till nine, but then the commissioner goes by. Um, <laughs> hey, look, uh, Linda and Tracy, my gosh, you just you talk about enthusiastic and get things done. It's just just such a joy, and not because I don't have to do it, but. It's a joy because they do, are so good at it. Um, and um, underneath all the promotion and stuff that, that we're doing to get to, get to our, our citizenry, under all that uh, promotion, um, we, uh, Kathy has made a series of short-term back-based opioid things. And because now, with your help, we do really do have a media base mm -hmm. uh, with our partners. So we're getting those out one a day. Uh, during the month of September, and I think that's we still have all that written stuff. For example, one of the things we did just did Kathy did this. It took two years. This is all opioid data, but it's all Queen Anne's. It's a data dashboard, and yet it's really interesting. One of the first ones is uh, where how many overdoses and deaths were there in say Barclay, and every city and area in our county it indicates the numbers, uh, and that was done because the agencies in the county they gave us that information so that's one of the things in addition to that um, the uh, we are introducing the the largest the largest voluntary anti-drug drug campaign in the United States it's called the Elks 
uh, teen zone, and it's just been updated, and um, we're going to start introducing that, and we've seen it on the website, and it is great for kids because there's videos for them that are new, and uh, there's all these uh, lesson plans, and the lesson plans are written so a teacher could use them, but they'd be great for parents to say, hey, I want to talk to my kid about marijuana. Let's just watch that. I mean, that's really going to be a boon to us. Um, uh, and it's really easy to use. We're going to be really trying to get that out. Uh, we are happy to announce, and I hate to say Kathy's name all the time, which as her parting gift before she retired for the fourth time, she wrote a grant, a $100,000 grant, uh, an opioid uh, prevention grant for the Board of Education. And uh, the person that was hired uh, was trained by Kathy, and she's going to be fantastic, and she's already working. She's going to be our communication with the Board of Education, because I don't know all the new people yet. And so that's working out really great. Um, and we are uh, on record, and as part of the grant, we're going to support everything the Board of Education does with that. As you guys know, we're right in the middle of that survey. We want to get 5% of the population, and the survey is real simple. Do you think Queen Anne's County should have recreational marijuana, yes or no? And that way, now, the state study said, oh, an overwhelming majority, but I don't know who did that study. Uh, ours is going to be done by us, by a trained, trained person who can take all the noise and bias out of this stuff, and we're hoping to get 5% of the population, and then we're going, what we're going to do with it. Well, we're going to bring it to you guys and say, is there a way that we could influence in case the legislature passes? Because the legislature last year said, do not pass. Studies need to be made. They didn't release the study. So there's a lot of questions to be asked about marijuana um, legalization for recreation. So the first thing is, which I believe that idea came from one of the commissioners, find out what the people in Queen Anne's County think. Is that pretty much the way that was worded? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, oh, I wanted to, a big thank you for everybody in this room, for uh, Margie and Todd, and uh, even uh, Channel 7 back there. Because, and you guys particularly, because quite honestly, in the long time that I've been doing this, it's easy for the commissioners to say we're too busy for this. Uh, it's easy for Todd to say the, the, the schedule is full. Uh, and you do that, and um, for us, you make a hard topic easier for us, and all of us on the, 160 of us on the, uh, in the uh, Drug-Free Coalition, appreciate what you guys do. And one last thing, Linda Tracy, you're terrific. If you want something done, wow, you just call the chamber. So just um, just a couple things. So tomorrow we have our meeting. Um, it's going to be at the Sheriff's Department at 8 o'clock. So if you gentlemen have nothing to do. Kathy's making food. Kathy makes yummy food, so I would encourage you to come. But um, we get a lot done. We have the Sheriff. We've got a lot of good people in the room that um, give us direction on where we need to go with the coalition. You know, we work for the chamber, but you know what? Drugs and substance abuse does affect business. You know, your employees. So it's important that we be a part of this program. So that's why we jumped on with Warren and Kathy because it, it is an important topic uh, for us as, as business people. But I also want to thank our partners. I mean, our partners, we couldn't do this without them. We couldn't do it without our sponsors. We have the county commissioners. Um, the uh, the health department and actually Luminous Health, which is also known as Anne Arundel Medical Center, they've jumped on they've jumped on with us as a, a big partner um, and a sponsor. So we want to thank our partners 
for all that you've done to make this successful um, for us and make it easy for us to make happen. Um, tonight we have uh, bags that we actually, um, I gave you stuff last, last time I was here, but we have more stuff. These are things that we're going to be giving out at the event. Um, so if you've got family, like I said, it's a free event. We'd love to see all of you um, at this event. And if you have any questions. Um, we're going to be decorating, actually, I'm kind of ex excited about the fact that we have flags um, that we're going to be putting in and out of the town. Uh, all the lights are going to be decorated. We've offered um, light bulbs to all of the residents in the town of Centerville. Uh, flags will be given to all the, the residents in the town of Centerville. Um, and you're going to be able to pick them up at Goodwill Fire Department. Shore United Bank and the library. So those are some places that you can, um, if you're a resident of Centerville and you want to pick up merchandise, you can go to those locations. Um, we at the chamber also have stuff available. And Warren and Kathy at the uh, fair have things available. Oh. Well, nothing, just that, you know, as people come to them from our county and citizens in and about the county, I don't think anybody can say they've never seen one of our signs up there for overdose deaths and and uh right. you know I, I think that that's something that every time somebody drives by it it, it makes them think uh, you know and and i think it keeps them alert and keeps them on guard for their family and friends and i think that that is a huge message that goes on day in and day out and it's and and, I, and that's attributed to i know i get emails if i don't change it on monday yeah yeah. yeah, right. Well, we appreciate all that yeah. you've done because you've been very supportive of making sure those signs are where they need to be. Um, and the Warrens really um, on top of letting us know how many overdoses we have and how many people that have been saved. Right. I mean, we've, we've been very fortunate because we've got excellent um, emergency services that's out there and support everything that we do. They're also part of our committee. So At the last uh, night out on Friday, the health department certified 20 people to give Narcan. Mm -hmm. And they said in the one in Centerville, they did 20 as well. Yeah. well so yeah. that's, that's a short gap solution anyway. Right. Yeah. So these well, are things that are important to us. And I yeah. know, Jim, you've- Well, and I, I just, you know, I, I've been blessed to be part of this group for over four years mm -hmm. and uh, standing room only. Yeah. And, you know, and, and not enough praises could go to you, Kathy, or you, Warren. I mean, you, you are the right and left lobe of that brain. And uh, sometimes they clash, but you know, most of the times we get things done and, and uh, on a purely all volunteer basis. So, I mean, it, it is good. It does the heart good to see that, that room filled and everybody eating Kathy's food and, and, uh, and good uh, ideas coming out of the group. So, and we have, and we have some things going on with parks too. So there's more to come. Yeah, yeah we're going to leave that alone, but there's more to come. And uh, you know, I just think you know, the awareness is what you need. It needs to be constantly pressed upon that and, and the new superintendent of schools sounds like she's going to allow us to continue on with what we've been doing and getting in front of those kids and talking to them about you know some of the pitfalls in life so I you know it I, kudos to everything you guys do really appreciate it Tracy's got the shirt on that we um, we're going to be giving away at, at, at the, the event on August the 1st so we're going to have tons of stuff to give away to our, our community so Thank you again for all that you've done, and we really, I mean, we just can't thank you enough. It's, it's just been really a great partnership for all of this, and I'm looking forward to working with Parks. We've already met yeah. with them, so we've got some things that we're going to be, you're going to hear more things Excellent. about what's happening, so. Good, good, good. Thank you again. So. Thank sure. you all very much. Thank you thank very you. much. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Yeah.
All right, commissioners, uh, we have our featured departmental presentation tonight from Planning and Zoning Director Amy Mordock. So her presentation is in your book, and I believe we'll have it up on the screen as well. Tab 6, page number 2, I think. I think this is the chair that everyone sits in. Starting you can, to slope a little. We've got three chairs. Take your, <laughs> take your choice. Just the middle. Yep. Okay, we're trying to queue up. Here we go. That's all right. Yep. Mm -mm. Go ahead and start off. Yeah, so I don't really want to uh, run down a PowerPoint presentation with a lot of statistics uh, for you, but just give you some of the highlights. The, when last I updated you, it was December 2020, and uh, so now we're more than halfway through 2021, so next year I'm hoping to give you a full year's update rather than uh, needing one more month or uh, several more months to finish out the year uh, because it's hard to compare the statistics that way. But um, so as you know, our building permit intake in the department has really skyrocketed um, during, obviously during the pandemic. And you'll see that um, the number of new dwellings, which is the, um, first piece of information that I'm sharing with you about our department uh, has it keeps going up and that feeds directly into the conversation you just had with our um, public works director because those allocations are being used up in that pie chart that you'll see um, and a lot of those are the new commercial dwellings so so far this year we have issued 110 and we've issued more than that but in terms of the uh, properties that have certificates of occupancy and that's what we use every year for comparative uh, sake we have issued a hundred and ten and that includes um, residential permits single-family multi-family trailers mobile homes um, and apartments so last year we issued 269 and the year before that 223 so really since 2000 17 those numbers have been going up i'm not really sure where we're going to end up this year just because of the cost of construction is so high uh, but we'll certainly be um, elevated from about five years ago so those numbers are continuing to rise our building permits are um, are also high they've started to level off since the construction costs have um, exploded but um, what you don't see in the statistics that I gave you are all of the minor permits. What you're seeing are uh, new homes, residential um, construction in terms of additions and alterations, and new, con new commercial construction. So those numbers are on the rise. Last year, we finished with um, 1,150 plus. This year, um, so far, we're already um, at almost 1,200. So we've seen a lot. We thought we were really going to, as I mentioned to you several months ago, we were sort of tripling our numbers from the recent year average. Um, but we're kind of, as I said, leveling off a bit. Thank you. Let me take you up to where I am now. There we are. Okay. Um, 
So like I had mentioned, these numbers, and then in recent, in previous years, when you're kind of used to seeing this report, uh, what hasn't been included here are all of the zoning certificates, are all the zoning permits, <coughs> settlement control permits, and that includes small sheds, signs, swimming pools, uh, ag buildings, and um, use permits. And the reason I'm calling those out is we do have, we will be folding those in to reports moving forward, just so you see the volume of work that our permit techs are doing. Um, and we have two new permit techs on staff, and we are, uh, we lost a permit tech recently to her growing family, and we were sorry to see her go, but we, through our last sweep of applications, we had some really good applicants, and so we were able to fill that position really quickly, and Beverly really helped us to, to do that. Um, so we'll be back up uh, to full staff again. Uh, and they really, the new um, techs are doing great. They're really picked up quickly. Um, our new tech supervisor has really filled that role great and is um, assisting our uh, Vivian, our zoning administrator. Um, and as we're training new staff, we're also learning new systems, and that's sort of the point of illustrating how some of these permits are missing. We're, our new uh, programs, the MUNIS program, will allow us to more easily uh, produce reports for you to compare apples to apples, but also our online uh, citizen self-service portal has, uh, has been up and running, and we're starting with these smaller zoning certificates that we're able to process online just to work out the kinks and it really has been working. So that's been an online service that has been a long time coming and is pretty successful. And a lot of the smaller applications that don't require large scale plans are being managed that way and pretty expeditiously. Um, and we're also uh, able to successfully process invoices online. So as the citizen uh, self-service portal becomes more robust, we'll be able to manage more large-scale applications. We'll be able to handle a lot more invoicing. We will be able to renew and process liquor licenses uh, online as well. And eventually, uh, we will be moving toward uh, paperless plan review too, but that's going to take a lot more wrangling in terms of getting equipment for staff to review electronic plans, which we don't currently have, and we also have to make sure all of our engineers and contractors have compatible equipment, which a lot of them don't yet. So um, that's our long-range goal, but our short-range goals of online services have been moving along uh, very smoothly. Um, so on that, that's, uh, that's my update on the permitting side, other than to add that our inspectors uh, continue to uh, cover the county, uh, working on zoning violations, but in addition to that, they conduct a lot of the compliance inspections on all of these building permits uh, that you see. On most of these building permits, there are site inspections, and often multiple site inspections involved, so they're busy doing that. Um, on the planning side, um, this year has seen um, a drop in some of those applications in terms of our text amendment applications are down a few, 
Our major site plans are down uh, two applications. We had five last year. So far, we have three this year. There are more, though, that are in the pipeline, and which you'll see in our, my up-and-coming uh, slides. Uh, likewise, our uh, major subdivisions. We changed our policy on extension requests. And I'm oh. I need a banner or something to move them along. We've changed our policy on um, extension requests uh, in an effort to streamline uh, and make and simplify our our projects where we can. And in the past, after a project received approval, and if it hadn't moved forward within six months, it had been policy that those projects would come back for extensions before the Planning Commission. Uh, and oftentimes, in that first six months, there are a lot of um, snags in terms of getting the ball rolling. The code actually allows for two years before site plans, or, uh, before site plans should have to come back for extensions. So we've just reverted back to the, the clean, at, um, clean interpretation of our code. Our Planning Commission agreed to that. So where we used to see a lot of extensions coming before the Planning Commission every month and annually, um, that number should be dropping considerably and hopefully it will drop entirely where we don't need to issue extensions because the projects that come forward are ready to, ready to go. Um, Board of Appeals has been busy. Actually, there have been a few more Board of Appeals cases this year than there were in 2017. That is likely due to the pandemic because the board got really backlogged in um, 2020. So uh, they've caught up, they've heard 18 cases, they've approved all of those cases, uh, eight variances and 10 conditional uses. And those conditional uses tend to be mining operations, uh, solar projects, um, what else? Um, just things of, things of that nature. Um, our commercial projects are down, like I'd mentioned, in terms of the square footage that we've seen. I'm not sure where that is going to end up because we do have some commercial uh, applications in the pipeline. Um, and in terms of our development and uh, permits coming together, we will be undertaking the uh, impact fee study that you requested us to, to do. So I'm working with Steve Cahoon in uh, DPW to upgrade, update our um, impact fee study. So that should be starting soon, as um, soon as we get the comp plan under control and get that moving <laughs> uh, off of our plates, which we're getting there. Um, just some of the high points of some of the projects that are before us right now. We have two solar projects, Bluegrass, which is very large, um, all, nearly 500 acres, and we have more solar, which is very small, just over four acres. I'll leave this in my hand so I don't forget. Um, Goldsboro Materials is another, is an extraction project, and it's uh, almost uh, through with their site, their site plan review process, and has gone through um, <coughs> the Board of Appeals already. Um, Postal Road Apartments, that site plan has been approved for uh, 60 units, 60 apartment units, two buildings. Uh, Slippery Hill is under review, and that's a 66 workforce uh, uh, rental apartments and 58 age-restricted affordable apartments. 
Um, and through our recent uh, housing study, uh, this is obviously um, most desirable. Kent Island Crossing is under conceptual review and that entails a mixed-use development, um, a lot of commercial space, retail office, grocery store, restaurant, also with an 84-unit assisted living. And can I ask you real quick, those three projects you just named, they're all in the water sewer district. Do they all have their allocation at this point? Yes, those are in this, these projects are listed in the schedule. schedule okay. The next project, however, is not, and that is the Barnstable project. Um, that has been submitted for a conceptual review and is out for comment. And uh, we're awaiting plan revisions based on those comments that the number one, there are about 30 pages of comments and only one comment really matters, and that's the comment regarding allocations. Um, so. And I think Alan Quimby covered that well enough that I'm going to move on to Waterfront Marine, which is a commercial project uh, that involves boat sales and service. That project is <coughs> under concept review right now, but... Go back. Whoa. She had it, Jim. She was right that time. Right there. Waterfront yeah, is right there. Okay, there yeah. I go. Um, but it also requires growth allocation. So you will be seeing that before it moves too far throughout the process, through the process, because we have to work through the Critical Area Commission and this board to process a growth allocation case. Um, and just a few substations with Delmarva Power, uh, one in Queenstown is under review. Uh, it's had conditional use approval. We need a site plan review. And the new station in Kent Narrows uh, is under site plan review as, as well. That required also a, a variance, so that substation took a little longer. Now the comp plan. So we started the comp plan uh, in earnest <laughs> in 2020, where we had some kickoff meetings, uh, a large public survey where we received a lot of input and launched the website. Uh, we've accomplished a lot in 2021. We were hoping to get, uh, have that plan adoption in 2021, but it's just gonna sneak over a little bit into 2022 um, because we really do need to spend time um, carefully discussing the land use chapter. So we needed a little extra time um, to hold two meetings, whereas we had scheduled one on that uh, land use chapter, which I'll get into in the next slide. So we've held all of our visioning workshops uh, special topic workshops. We're almost at the end of the planning commission workshops on the individual chapters and our technical committee has been meeting throughout and is um, going to continue to do that to uh, look at the, what has been the working draft throughout and all of the draft chapters have been available online. They're there now. It's very important for this board and um, those listening this evening to understand that those chapters that have been posted are very much working drafts. And we continually receive comments and really good input from boards and citizens. And our technical committee as well continues to work on these chapters and they are evolving. So if you feel as though your comments have not been addressed in those drafts, um, that is not the final document, and that will happen. Um, probably the most um, intense review for our planning commission, and certainly for the technical team and the community, is the comprehensive rezoning requests. 
Um, people wait for this opportunity um, between comprehensive plans and it's very important that um, those who certainly easily qualify and are consistent with the plan as it's being drafted, which is tricky, um, and our land use as we think that we uh, foresee what is existing and what may be future land use, uh, we're looking for consistency there and also for inconsistency. Um, so that is a part of why this project has been delayed a bit. Um, we really didn't have an opportunity at the last meeting to get through all of those requests and we don't want to give that conversation short shrift. So that is what we are doing this Thursday, uh, is carefully going through those applications. Our technical committee has reviewed them carefully and produced uh, recommendations to our planning commission. It will be their job to assess those applications, make recommendations uh, for staff and for obviously for our consultants in the final draft that will come to you. Um, those comprehensive zoning requests, the, um, the technical applications will still be presented to this board for consideration. So um, that review is ongoing. So as I mentioned, uh, the completed drafts uh, that are, as I said, working drafts, but that are done for now in terms of public review through the visioning sessions and the special topic sessions and planning commission review are as listed, the introduction, the profile, and then the community facilities and services, transportation, historic cultural resources, the economic development section, housing, town planning framework, community plans, and the Kent Narrows plan uh, are drafted. Uh, what we're working on, what's before us still, uh, is the Kent Narrows plan is uh, really can move over into the other uh, column. It's uh, pretty much wrapped up at this point. Um, the land use chapter is still being carefully reviewed, um, as are our environmental resources and land use chapters, which that those are always intrinsically connected, but. This update, this is especially our key issue to focus upon because our water resources element um, is couched in our environmental resources element and that is where our conversation about our allocations as well as our um, critical infrastructure. So our land use chapter is being closely molded by that, that influence in terms of short term long range planning and then still looking at a, basically a 30-year vision. So we really have to look at the next 10 years as in terms of what is practical and then a longer range. Um, what if situations change? What if um, the Maryland Department of the Environment comes up with more creative um, nutrient removal practices that are acceptable in communities? That hasn't happened yet and is not likely to happen within a 10-year time frame, but it's something that we should consider in terms of long-range planning. Um, what we will do is uh, hopefully finalize that dialogue with our planning commission in August. In September, we are scheduling a joint workshop between um, this board and our planning commission to bring forward some of these key issues so that this board is not seeing a full draft without having an opportunity to have a workshop session. 
Um, you, you should be, um, the Planning Commission will be receiving their full draft at an October meeting, and then the 60-day comment period begins. So we are pushed back into public hearings for Planning Commission in January, and then you'll be holding your hearing in February. January 2022. 22, typo. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. I hear you. Unfortunately. Um, so our planning staff is very busy with not only the project reviews that you, that I brought before you the, that are the key high points, but also with a minor site plan applications, minor administrative projects, and quite frankly, a lot of the staff is busy weighing in on uh, the comprehensive planning draft. And once this draft becomes our new uh, comprehensive plan, then the rezoning requests will come in and then we'll start looking at our land use ordinance. So there's um, plenty of caseload in front of the planners moving into um, the end of 2022 and into 2023 and forward. And here, oops, here is our uh, staff, um, which I've, um, I can update you on uh, an additional permit tech I don't know that I can share her name yet because I'm not sure if she's disclosed her notice to her current employer, but uh, we have a September start date. Um, so we have, a, we have a full staff and I am very grateful to your support and, um, and your assistance as we restructure and uh, built some levels of growth within our staff and I'm already seeing the benefits of that. Um, those levels of coordination and uh, collaboration between staff, between both sides, the planning and the permitting staff, uh, also are working very closely together. It's been a challenging couple of years with the pandemic and uh, different levels of review, but it's been very uh, productive and I think a positive growing experience for everyone. So. Any questions or comments, anybody? It was very comprehensive, so I don't know if there was going to be any. <laughs> That's an ironic twist, isn't it? That's right. Very comprehensive. Well, comprehensive. <laughs> and I have to add, I think the growing experience mostly has been for me, so, <laughs> in the last year. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Amy. Okay. Well done. All right. Very good. Thank you. Special delivery. Thanks again, Amy. So that concludes our presentations, Commissioners. So we can move into uh, press and public comments. Do we have anybody else signed up or anybody else that has? I have uh, just one okay. Sure, certainly. This is relevant to what Amy just said. Um, good evening, Commissioners. Jay Falstead, Queen Anne's Conservation Association. Yesterday, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change released a comprehensive report to the United Nations and to the world. And you may have seen it, it's been discussed in the news recently. The news in that document is alarming. Um, and it touches upon a lot of the things that we've already seen over the years. 
but there is relevance to Queen Anne's County in that document. And the document on page 24 refers to the Western United States and the central part of the United States going through an intense drying period where basically agricultural land dries out. The east coast of the United States is not mentioned in that, in that scary part of the document. And the reason that that's relevant for our county and for what we're talking about for the comprehensive plan is because as those agricultural lands become less productive, the need, the demand on Queen Anne, or on Eastern, on ag land for the Eastern United States, the Eastern Shore in Queen Anne's County is going to intensify. And I have to say, after reading that report, there is no reason why we shouldn't consider protecting and preserving every last remaining acre in Queen Anne's County. And I know that sounds like an extreme statement to make, but after you read this report, and I encourage you all to read it, I'll forward it to you, what is in there is alarming. And the trend does not go away anytime soon. We're talking about a trend line that goes on for decades. And they even make references in there to centuries. And it's a trend line that continues on. And I only mention that because as we are navigating the comprehensive plan, we really must take a true look at the need of preserving as much agricultural land as we can. Um, it's really that important. I'll be happy to forward the report to you. It's something that I hope we as a county can be discussing more. I plan on sending it to the Planning Commission. It was just released the other day, so it's all new information, but it's definitely something that should be factored into the equation. So thank you. Thank you, Jay. Anybody else? All right, then we'll close press the public comment. Where do we start? Jack. Yeah, I'll start. Um, so for those that don't know it, uh, the county fair is going on. It opened up last night. Um, and in hindsight, I wish we'd have had our meeting there tonight so we could have enjoyed the crab cakes. Um, but maybe next year that's something we look at. And taking the meeting right out on the road and taking it right to the county fair. Um, Runs through Saturday, so I encourage everybody to get out. It's everybody's been cooped up for a year. We missed the county fair last year, so great opportunity to get out. Um, seemed seemed pretty packed last night, honestly, um, in terms of uh, number of people there. Um, and then I'm gonna <clears throat> lastly, I, that's about it. Except that I just want to kind of wax philosophically again and kind of tee one up for Jim in terms of uh, I, I actually did my conversation with Fred on Friday, and somehow even talking about CT and broadband, we got back to traffic. So I'm going to go ahead and, and, and one of the things, that, and I talked to Commissioner Corcorino about this today, is it's, it seems like a lot of things that we go through now governmentally um, and, and societally now, it's, in, you know, the old saying is cause and effect. But now we kind of have reversed that and it's more effect and then cause. So we see the effect of what the growth in the uh, Worcester County and the Delaware beaches has had and or the effect is traffic here in Queen Anne's County. Um, people, I talked to several people last night at the Fairhouse. So the same thing. I said, remember back through COVID last summer, we didn't have a bad, other than the couple jumper incidents that we had, we didn't have bad traffic on the Sundays or and and now look back and forth across the bridge now Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's every day. You know, minus Monday and Tuesday. Even yesterday wasn't great. Um, but but the the cause of it 
you know, we're living the effect, but the cause is the fact that, you know, we're, you know, Jay comes in and he's talking about us stop building here and this and that. The lower shore has built, them, built us into a problem at this point. Um, the Middletown bypass has built us into a problem. Um, you know, we're talking about the sewer allocations. The effect is we're out of sewer now. The cause is we maybe made some bad decisions 20 years ago on what we had built here. Um, so we've got to start putting it back into perspective of figuring out what we do today, what that effect's going to be, and put the cause first before, you know, the way it's supposed to be. And it's just, you know, I, I know Jim, I saw Jim the other morning, actually it was this morning, I think, that guy cut you, first he cut me off, then he went up and cut you off in that little black Dodge Charger. You were coming down the back side of the bridge and I said, he went past me and you were like maybe three cars ahead of me. Next thing I know, I see him go down there and he whips in front of you and takes off. It's just, you know, you got people driving like that on the bridge and one incident is just a nightmare, a car. you know? So, I mean, it's, you know, we don't have any magic wand and that's actually, that was the one thing Fred asked me and I'm sure he asked all you guys if you had a magic wand. Mine was to just get rid of the traffic because I think our life over here would be just so much more pleasant and you know, on a daily basis. Um, but, you know, we got another meeting at uh, MAKO with uh, our secretary of, oh, well, he's not. He won't be there. He won't be, okay, we another meeting. We won't have with the secretary, right. uh, but, you know, it's, um, it's a difficult situation. It's the one that's not going to go away. And I think it's the one that we're doomed to live with here in Queen Anne's County for a good long time at, at, at the present rate things are going, so. That's my philosophical view for the night. <laughs> Commissioner Moran? I don't really have anything to add to that. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, sent a letter yesterday to Secretary Slater and a dozen other people because I will say in five years, six years of dealing with the Bay Bridge and all the different uh, ideas that Queen Anne's County comes up with to deal with the traffic and every time we get shot down by the state, I've I want to flip the gun on the state now to say, look at, you know, why is it Queen Anne's County and Anne Arundel County's responsibility to try and find solutions to some of these issues where the state, the state, you know, they should be the lead dog in this, in this fight and they're not. So I've offered up a couple more ideas to them and this was yesterday and here we are 24 hours later and I haven't had a response on anybody. So. I'm, I'm waiting to see what's going to happen. I think Anne Arundel County's coming around to a point where some of their uh, council members want to talk. And, uh, you know, this year, it, 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 it is going to be the defining issue for Queen Anne's County without a doubt. People can talk all they want about development and who's at fault for the development. We all know that all these projects being built right now were decades ago approved had nothing to do with us but that's okay you know i mean if that people sleep better with that that's fine but when it comes to the traffic you know our counters put it out there we count the traffic entering the county leaving the county and in the summertime it's less than five percent county vehicles people living here that's the pass-through and that you're 100 percent correct and and i think sooner or later these beaches are going to start to feel this issue because people are going to stop going people are going to start changing their traffic you know where they vacation so We'll see. I mean, you, you've got a place down there, but yep. you don't have to cross that bridge. But a lot of people, uh, and, and, and you know, a lot of people say, "Well, it's it's your weekly rentals," and I I don't think so. I don't think I, it is anymore, Jim. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think it's really people that own two homes, and you know, that's why in Anne Arundel County they're feeling it now. 
from uh, Thursday through Sunday. Mm -hmm. People trying to get across that bridge where they never had that issue before when it's down to two lanes, never. Yep. And this is something that they're finally experiencing. And the good thing, and this is what I said years ago, the more people that feel the pain, the more people that's gonna join the fight. And you know, I think it's, it's only a matter of time for Anne Arundel County, they're, they're getting tired of it. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. I mean, Wednesdays, I mean, literally Wednesdays, the last three weeks have been yeah. atrocious. Well, I think you said that's the effect of remote working. Like you said, people have a house at the beach, so right. they say, well, we're gonna go down to the beach house Wednesday night, I'm gonna work from the beach house Thursday and Friday, and the kids can go do something. Right, and I, I think that's why we're seeing more and more people come down. You're right; it's not the weekly rentals; it's people that have second homes. And, and I, you know, again, I think MDTA. I, I don't like to give them a lot of props all the time, but I think that uh, you know this this gate system will help. I mean, it's it's in the past two years ago, three years ago, if it started raining on a Thursday or Friday, forget it; they're going to close down Contraflow and they're never going to open it back up. You know, and I, I say this because on on the Thursday before July Fourth, uh, four times. They closed an open contraflow, and with this gate system allowing them to move these, I think will help somewhat. But that's just a small drop in the bucket to what's coming traffic-wise. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see what the, what the state's going to come up with. I mean, you know, that the article in Sunday's paper was how many how many people are are writing in on the NEPA study that don't want the bridge, and I get that. Okay, well, what are you going to do with the traffic? You know, it's okay to say I don't want the traffic, I, I, you know, and I don't want the bridge, I understand that, but the traffic's here and the traffic's here to stay. So, you know, do you want to live like this for the next 20 years, 30 years, or do you want relief? And, you know, again, uh, you know, and I don't want to drag my favorite produce uh, into this, but I was at my favorite produce stand on Sunday. And I was just got done with the six, six mile walk to cross the trail with my wife, and I'm holding a watermelon in one arm and corn in the other hand, and and I could hear the people in front of me at the register talking about how they had to go across the bridge and it took two hours to get home. And can you believe they want to put another bridge here? So, yeah. Couldn't help yourself. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> so I said, well, hold on a minute. I said, wait a minute. Why do you think there's going to be a third span? It's not going to be a third span. It's going to be a replacement bridge. And I got to look like, ding, and the light went on. I said, and it's probably going to be anywhere from six to eight lanes, four in each direction. And there was a silence, and then all of a sudden, well, that won't fix the problem. I said, well, why won't it? I said, this is where everybody stops at the bridge. Well, you got to get rid of the red lights. And I said, the what? The red, red lights. lights. Oh. And I said, where? Where? What red lights? The ones in Easton. Oh. And I went, how in the hell is that affecting <laughs> you at, at this produce stand and or anybody traveling to and from? That's in Easton. I don't know. I just plus your plus, just, I always keep saying this. You're past the split point between the Delaware Ocean City beaches because at 404, yeah. you're losing half the traffic's going right. to yeah. Delaware beaches, right. half or whatever's going to Ocean City. So that's your break point. Easton doesn't see anywhere near the traffic flow that we see right here. There's but no I think that, you know. But again, you know, getting back to the state and this NEPA process, which I think I honestly think they've taken their their sweet time getting this thing done. I mean, I think it should have been done, but we can't talk and they can't talk about what this would look like until they get past this first phase. Right. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't understand that there might be sound barrier walls. I mean, I, the, the, for instance, the, the beltways around Baltimore, Washington, BW Parkway, any of these major highways, anytime you encroach on communities by widening roads, more lanes, you, I think it's a law that you have to put up these sound barrier walls. And I think that that's a great thing so people don't have to listen to all that traffic out there because, again, that traffic's not going anywhere. So. 
you know, it would be nice to get to the next phase and then start talking about, okay, what are you going to do for Queen Anne's County? How many pedestrian bridges are you going to put to connect our communities? How many overpasses are you going to add to make it easier for us and keep traffic on 50 and out of our side streets? So get our cross on and trail connected up further. To yeah, Queen's it's just a lot of stuff know, can go it, with that. I don't know. It's just, but I, I, I tell you, you know, you talk about it and I, I just don't see how people day in and day out that commute, that work, are going to, how long longer are they going to take it, you know, put up with that before they decide to say, I'm throwing a towel in and I'm moving. And, you know, that's, I think that's going to affect what, what the people that moved here and the, the incomes that we count on are the incomes that I could be concerned about leaving in mass exodus. So what's, what's going on with the construction? Because that's, a, somebody asked me the other day, but construction on the old toll booth side in terms of when that's going to wrap, because that's supposed to be done. There's a lot of slowdown right there right now with people. Well, that's all part of, of the, you know, the gate system that oh, they're putting it? up. They were putting up all new gantries and all new gates. Okay. And if you go on MTA site, there's a little virtual reality that shows you the Eastern shore and the Western shore is pretty much similar. So, you know, you're, everywhere you see them working in the, in the media, and those are gantry supports and or gate supports. And, you know, that's, you got to have the people trying to, you know, help them move and the lights turn on, the lights turn red, you move so out of that what's on the bridge now. Basically. Yeah, pretty much what's on the bridge would be on the approaches from both McDonald's on the Western Shore and the Eastern Shore. And they're supposed to be completed by November of 2022. I'll bet you right now, Buck, that that thing's operational by Memorial Day of next year. No doubt in my mind, because... MDTA loves to underpromise and and you know come out looking the attaboy over deliver so, yeah and, and being the attaboy so you know again kudos to the gates is it going to fix all of our problems no but it, it may help during the week yeah. so we'll see what happens so, good anyways that's all I got Commissioner Wilson goodness gracious nothing left to say on the bridge. Um, <laughs> No, it's a nice fair. Glad to see the turnout we have. Uh, I hope that uh, I hope it has good attendance through the rest of the week. Uh, I do want to remark in the beginning there was some discussion of what development contributes, and certainly it is not the cause of the great backups, which are occurring because of the bridge, but that development isn't material to Kent Island, I don't think is a fact, and that we didn't okay these developments, but you pull into the airport and then try to get back onto, onto uh, Route 8 and let's say turn left back to Route 50, and you can sit there until your car runs out of gas. Uh, or electric. Isn't it? Uh, electric, that's why we're putting the charging uh, stations up there. Uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's at a point now where I think the county is uh, the the elastic part of our game is uh, expandable. Like police, we can grow if the population grows, and emergency, we can grow if the population grows. But the roads, uh -uh. and uh, that I think not only are we constrained by the sewer. But I think just the sort of congestion of life, how, what place are you in the line at the supermarket, how long you have to wait for your ambulance, everything depends on, I think, trying to hold the line to keep growth as slow as we can get it in the county, in South County. So just my point of view. Are we scheduled for a roundabout there somewhere in that area <clears throat> by the airport and all? I thought 
And I'm going back five or six years ago. I think when the first time we had that huge layout up there, it, uh, I think it was... They redid a, the pattern, the striping a little bit, but it's still, if you're but trying I know to go it, left, like, You know what I'm talking about, Jim. When we Postal had, Road has, has, was supposed to be a roundabout. Yeah, but I thought there was another one that was there on in Route the area 8? where Ellendale and all was, that there was going to be a roundabout there or something. No, we hoped to put a light there, but nothing was aligned. So, you know, with the airport, with if that gas station still comes... You well, know, the connector road was never built behind from Ellendale back into the, the shopping center. We yeah. haven't got the yeah. permission yet for yeah. to get into the shopping center. That's what uh, from the back side there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that should. I mean, that's a shame. That that should be aligned, and there should have been a light there. You know, for that reason, I don't know how that gas station. And we 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 were trying to put the kibosh to that, but that coming out of there on rush hour and trying to cross those lanes and get, that's that's an accident waiting to happen. Absolutely. Several. I can't remember which huge government figure, whether it was Hershey or Arntz or somebody over there, once said that they'd seen the last goddamn traffic light on Route 8 that they were going to permit because they were very strident about not stopping up Route 8, that the one on uh, at Bay, Bay City was enough. Or, huh. I mean, I've, I've heard that said down there. Mm. Well, I think it's a proven fact that metering, proper metering, yeah. Proper metering right. does yeah. help traffic. Yeah. I, mean. I sure wouldn't want to see a circle anything down there because... They call them calming circles. So when you're in the traffic, it's supposed to calm you as you get through it so that you're not... No road rage. Calm, when you come out the other side, there's no road rage. I was county this morning and they had plenty of them on busy roads like that. I mean, I was, I was amazed it had that many. Well, yeah, you go over to Montgomery County, they have yeah. them everywhere. Yeah. I mean, literally on four-lane highways, you see those things pop up. And it, i, I got to say, it does work. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it does work as far as you don't need a red light. Right. And you, you move through spacing. Yeah. yeah. And you move through So that's a European thing, I think, right? Yes, it is. So, mm -hmm. but. All right. Anything oh, else? Just you. I got, I want people to, I know we have lots and lots of people watching us and I want them to be able to get All to the, ones the, at the fair. fair. <laughs> yeah, I want them to get to the fair. So that's it. Awesome. Motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. Second. All right.